0: You're listening to How to LA, the podcast that helps you discover the different rhythms in the city. I'm Brian de los Santos. Today, we're back on the road to discover more music from our city and really how it builds community in our neighborhoods. For our first episode in this music series, we chatted with folks from High Fidelity Records and West Adams and the World Stage in Lamar Park. From them, we heard about the historic jazz and hip-hop scenes in L.A. Look for that episode on our podcast feed. This time, intern Tony Morales and I drove to the 818 to meet Sergio Amalfitano, the owner of the Midnight Hour Records. Midnight Hour Records is a musical hub in the city of San Fernando. It's been located here at the downtown San Fernando mall since August, 2021. The space houses records more than anything, but they also sell clothing, tapes, toys, jewelry, posters, socks, pins, and the list kind of goes on. And in case that wasn't enough, the space transforms into a venue supporting local artists like photographers and musicians. Surgeon moves the record shelves and cases and boom. boom. A few hundred people can fit into this space they've had punk shows for local bands like cosmic joke an 818 zine fest a photo exhibit and in february they'll be having a pop-up market called valley times day visiting this area of the valley is pretty special to me i live in silmar which is nearby and it's slower than the city but it has a vibrant latino community and while i'm here it's really interesting to see some changes here cute brunch places, and this record shop that feels fresh. But as I learned talking to Sergio, his record store is rooted in Latino and Chicano heritage that have been present in L.A. for decades.
1: My name is Sergio Amalfitano. Uh, I am the owner of Midnight Hour Records, and that's where we're at here in San Fernando, California. Just give us, like, the vibe that you go for in the shop. Tell us about the
0: music you cater to.
1: I grew up in playing in punk bands at Cholo's houses, and then you play a show, you're moshing, and then afterwards you're dancing to like boogie and funk and soul, or you know, some electronic music or whatever. I kind of try to represent our Latin influences, our punk and metal influences, our hip hop influence, our ska influence, a lot of niche, I guess, kind of genres, but try to piece it all together because i think that's kind of what southern california is that culture of everybody clashing and kind of creating this thing together so
0: tell me about your experience of being in the valley and catering to people who live around here being a neighborhood shop but also being a venue for performance and art and, and all the other things you've mentioned
1: I've been out in San Fernando Valley 13 years. I grew up in San Gabriel Valley. Both valleys are very similar in terms of the demographics, Latino, Chicano, you know, working class families. I live in Sylmar, so I wanted something in Northeast Valley. I always feel like Northeast Valley is not very represented. So I'm just doing my part in terms of how I can network the people that I know are already here, have always been here, artists, musicians, photographers, um, you know, vendors, all that sort of stuff. And I just try to use it as much as possible as a community space, not just commodities. I don't try to just sell records. I try to bring in culture and records and music and expression. Yeah.
0: Tell us about the music scene you grew up with. Um, just give us, you know, some core memories. Um, you've mentioned ska, rock, um, and and how it meshes with other genres too.
1: The one kind of underlying factor is that, like, uh, if you grow up being latin or chicano like you kind of are exposed to rock and espanol rock and espanol is reggae and ska and punk and all that stuff you go to a manu Chao concert you're at a punk concert that they happen to play reggae and ska and in between stuff too you know manad kind of does the same thing uh cafe Tacuba. so it was it was kind of that we're very open to you know, our Afro- Afro-Latino roots, our, um, you know, Asian-Latino roots and all that sort of stuff. So we listen to a lot of chicha, Peruvian stuff. And playing punk shows, you, again, in, in L.A., the demographic is mostly Latin and Chicano, so you are bumping cumbias also. You know, you're, you're, you go to everybody's says and you, um, you know, you, you listen to mariachi and norteños and stuff. So as much as... We are Chicanos and Latinos. Um, You know, I feel like uh, we're—it's the Selena thing. We're not—we're not one thing too much or one thing the other way. You know, so we try to—we try to have cross that line or, or walk that line of being American and Latin at the same time. So, yeah.
0: This is intern Tony Morales.
1: I do want to ask you more about if you know any of the history of San Fernando and their influence and impact in the larger musical. Seen in Los Angeles, but also just like worldwide. We used to have a place called uh, Don Breaker Studios, which is two blocks away. Don Breaker Studios was where Michael Jackson recorded "Blame It on the Boogie." It was right after the Jackson Five broke up, so they were, went by the Jacksons. I do know that boogie that genre of music boogie sounds like came from that studio with Leon Silvers. Chaka Khan recorded there. Seals and Croft recorded there. That was their studio. Actually it was a Seals and Croft studio. I know there used to be a record store down the street also called Ophi's Records and she put out records which ended up on East Side Story. These kind of things that mean a lot to our culture, you know, lowrider culture, Chicano Latino culture, and they were same thing, they were DIY, you know, they weren't given the time of day by by mainstream record labels, so they put it out themselves. And of course, Richie Valance, yeah, Richie Valens, who broke this kind of mold for uh, Chicano rockers. Even if you look at him, his band was made up of you know, uh, African American players, uh, Japanese American players. So yeah, I think San Fernando, because of us mixing and and, and constantly kind of doing our own thing, we kind of stand outside of the mainstream, but we definitely influenced the mainstream. Could you describe where
0: we're at? Because we're in this outdoor mall. And for me, coming back here, I was driving and I'm like, oh, we're going to the San Fernando Mall. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's a gag because when I was growing up in the Valley, in Somar, particularly, um, there wasn't really a place to hang out. Yeah, Maybe we came to get froyo somewhere around here. Now, at least your shop's here. I could see younger kids coming in, in here, being influenced. Even just seeing the pride flag in front of your store is like it's absolutely opening up for more opportunities for people
1: to feel seen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think again, with what we've always kind of wanted to, um, you know, encompass was inclusivity for everybody and showing that our deals and Diaz are queer. They've always been here. They've been here for generations. And you know, you get some slack, you get some people that like, don't like it. And you're like, well, you don't have any friends or family. Like you don't have anybody that is like a part of this community. Like you don't want them to have a space, every space, you can walk into, but not every space you can walk into and feel like you're yourself or it can be yourself. So we try to make it known that we are accepting of everybody, regardless of, you know, gender expression, race, class, all types of stuff. And yeah, I think that that's something that was part of why we wanted to be in Northeast Valley, you know, outside of living in Northeast Valley in Silmar as well, is we wanted something that represented all of us in here. Again, I choose community over commodity anytime and whatever i can do to have a space that will help the community i will constantly use that space for that benefit yeah and and i i wish i had this type of space when i was a kid not not too many existed like this so i'm just trying to fulfill that dream as as a kid (laughs) but now as an adult
0: we'll be back with more on the music scene from san fernando stay with
1: us
0: And we're back chatting with Sergio about the Valley and its music. What are some of the acts that you see are popping up that you're proud of that they've performed here? Or are you proud of like being in their orbit and knowing about them and maybe even pushing out their music because you are a record store owner and you're able to let influence people like, hey, check this band out.
1: Bands that I'm particularly excited about are bands from here in the Valley in the 818 Malform. They're like fresh out of high school. Some of them are high school kids, but they play, you know, metal and hardcore and stuff. Fatal Wounds kind of plays this genre kind of called beatdown hardcore. You know, God's Hate is probably our biggest export. Greenwich is a death metal band from here in Granada Hills and, and kind of all over the valley as well. So when it comes to the 818, Cosmic Joke is another like really fun uh, punk band. Yeah, I kind of just like all that sort of stuff. Tough Front is an indie rock band from out here. I don't know. I, there's always so much going on. There's always so many, so many new bands coming up and I'm excited because I do have a venue. So being a, an older guy, <laughs> I'm 39, uh, and having kids that are half my age, like expressing themselves and having these really cool bands. I'm like, oh, I wish I was in a band at that age, you know, but um, so yeah, it's cool. It's uh, yeah, I'm always looking out for like new local bands and, and, and trying to help them out and trying to have them hop on shows and stuff too. So
0: can you talk about how like the valley, any valley maybe, is like a perfect setting for punk rock or just any type of music
1: where you can have a backyard show? I've been able to tour the world and I've experienced that in in Mexico. I've experienced that in Colombia. I've experienced that in uh, Venezuela and in Ecuador where people just open it up and entire villages, entire cities, entire little towns just come out to see it because it's something cool to do. I think we kind of have that sense of here of like, we just want to have fun. We want to enjoy each other's company and we want to support each other. Both valleys are very much like that. I've played hundreds of shows in both valleys and grew up also in the late 90s, like kind of punk and hardcore scene going to all these shows in LA. We used to have the Cobalt Cafe. We used to have White Oak, you know, the federal bar. I think they just shut down with Knitting Factory. So we don't really have venues that are for us all the time and sometimes the backyard scenes are just the one place that you know you can always have something
0: and now you're producing creating shows in your own record store how does that feel
1: it's awesome yeah I mean it's it's basically taking everything that I've learned from the work ethic of, of, of Latin families of work hard do it yourself it's very much the same punk ethic from learning carpentry so I can build my own stage and build my bins and build my benches to uh, learning sound to you know just kind of applying the same skills that I've had from either silk screening or booking or whatever it is like you get to put all of that together and you get to talk to all your friends that you've been in bands with forever and all the people that are photographers so it's cool it's a community Music is everything. It's our culture, it's our language, it's our history, it's our politics, it's our artwork. It incorporates all of that. That's why I like vinyl so much. You know, I was in El Salvador and somebody brought me records and they're like, this is before the Civil War. If you used to have this, they would, you know, murder you, essentially. Um, so and, and I have things that my grandparents have their names on that are probably not worth anything, but it has my grandparents' names on it. So I love that sort of stuff. There's a physical memory in holding something in your hand that you don't get with Spotify, you don't get with YouTube. Totally accessible, I enjoy that technology, but it's not the same thing. And when you have community and when you have that sort of stuff, like it's very important to support them. It's very important to buy a T-shirt or a record because you know these people are practicing and recording and putting this stuff out which is expensive to be able to produce but it's important to kind of support that and support that self-reliance or that sense of self the entire community uh, is important not just the people that are on stage not just the lead singer or whatever everybody behind the scenes that does the videos and the music and the art and, and everything like I think everybody has a place that you can celebrate
0: That was Sergio Malfitano, owner of the Midnight Hour Records, located on 1101 San Fernando Road. They're open Wednesday through Saturday from 12 to 7 p.m. and on Sundays from 12 to 4 p.m. We have one more LA Record Store in this series. Next time, you'll hear from Street Records in Alhambra. We have a full story on LAs.com highlighting these spots. Alrighty, y'all. Thanks for listening and tuning in today. This episode was produced by Tony Morales. The rest of our team is Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Monica Bushman, Victoria Alejandro, and Megan Botel. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and our engineer is Hazmik Pigosian. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.